Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks slipping from records. The S&P lower a little change. The dollar is retreating as investors weigh renewed threats from North Korea. Oil, top $50 a barrel for the first time in a month. Right now, West Texas Intermediate Crude, 49 at 96 Higher by 1.3%. Gold up 440 the ounce, up three tenths of 1% to 1328. We've got the tenure down 230 seconds. The yield 2.20%. S&P down two points to 2496, down a tenth of a percent. Dow Industrials up 39, up two tenths of 1%. NASDAQ down 23, a drop there of four tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie Pella, thank you so much. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Masser, along with my co-host Corey Johnson, right here on Bloomberg. Lifting costs uh, look a lot more attractive when the price of oil is above 50 bucks. Rob Hayworth joins us right now, the senior investment strategist at U.S. Bank. Lifting costs, of course, is an oil industry term for what it costs to get the oil from the ground to the surface and into a barrel. And, and Rob, at 50 bucks a barrel, uh, that starts to change the math for a lot of companies out there. It's a magic number. Yeah, I think it uh, – yeah, no, I think it, it absolutely does, especially as you look out into forward contracts. I think we're uh, – well, on the one hand, we've we've seen some improvement in uh, global supply demand balance. Um, there is still an industry out there looking to put capital to work to uh, to drill more oil barrels of oil, and fifty dollars a barrel still seems like a viable price for them to uh, to be able to produce uh, a meaningful profit. So I, I think we're going to eventually here see a supply response, especially out of the U.S. All right. So what does that um, do, what that, does that do to the oil price? Then are we back below easily fifty bucks then? I, no, I mean, the demand picture is, is really pretty good, and it's going to take some time for supply to come back on, online. We're seeing that uh, in the impact from the hurricane, where it's taking a number of weeks for refineries to get restarted, to start taking down those oil inventories again, although production has is, is rebounded pretty quickly here uh, inside of a week. But uh, So I think we're still, we've still got some upside here, but there will be a limit uh, to that upside range because of supply coming online. So... We're st- our view is still we're pretty range bound between the mid 40s and mid 50s for a while here uh, with uh, you know kind of a U.S. supply response that's possible at these higher prices and two what does OPEC start to do as prices get to a level that are comfortable for them can they maintain these production cuts? Talk, when you monitor um, uh, uh, production, you talked about production coming back on. What, let me get like into the weeds here. What exactly do you do you look at when you get to your Bloomberg terminal? What do you type in? Uh, well, what I'm really looking at is, is two things. One, I'm looking at overall U.S. oil production, and, and two, I'm looking at rig counts. Uh, rig counts are that important indicator of are we investing more money in rigs. And, and with prices staying below $50 for the last month or two, um, you've seen rig counts start to not just slow down but start to fall here from an oil investment perspective. Um, with prices uh, working back higher, I think we'll see, uh, we'll see more rig counts. Eventually, here over the next three months, as companies start to to plan ahead again on their uh, on their investments. So, Corey, yeah, I'm, I'm did, did, did you I'm pull looking. it up on the t- terminal? You do, do you rig go? Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm looking at in the U.S. Our current is about nine forty four. 
Uh, previous was 943. Canada was 202. Uh, currently 201. Previously, Gulf of Mexico. We haven't seen any kind of changes in North America overall. Yeah. Uh, pretty much staying consistent too. But you say that's going to change. Uh, yeah, I think with prices getting getting back higher, companies do have capital to deploy. There is still money looking for for a home here to get good good return on capital. So uh, our our view would be. Uh, that these prices are sufficient for companies to start looking ahead to invest. And it will take a couple of months for the data to start to reflect that. As, as we know, it takes time for uh, oil rigs to get uh, set up, deployed, and start drilling. So, Yeah, the, the total U.S. crude production dropping uh, in the two reports ago uh, by 8%. As I look at those numbers on the Bloomer Terminal, I look at the uh, U.S. Department of Energy crude oil uh, total production data, but man, zoom in, as you point out, zooming right back up again in, in just a, was like one week's time. Yeah, and I think what that tells us is a lot of the impact from Hurricane Harvey was really in the refinery space, and, and the Permian didn't see as much damage. They obviously had to evacuate, shut down, take care of their workers, but it, it appears that they're coming back fairly quickly, and hopefully refineries can catch up. Hey, let me ask you something, Rob. Um, a story in the Bloomberg today, and it just talks about how activist investors have kind of declared open season on the energy companies. They talk about Paul Singer and his Elliott management um, taking stakes, uh, among others, in energy companies, including NRG Energy, BHP Billiton. Uh, so we're seeing some movement, uh, you know, by investors who are kind of picking companies they believe are, are being mismanaged. They're kind of swooping in, you know, to, to slash spending, turn a quick profit. How, uh, on the equity side of things, how is that impacting things, or how do you see that impacting uh, the equity side of the energy story? Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm probably of the view that that's not a, a big industry trend. I think it's going to hit a few of the niche players. That washout we had in terms of high-yield uh, high energy costs or the cost of uh, borrowing for, for low investment-grade uh, companies I think really reset the space pretty well to be uh, a better player, a better player. A more financially savvy player mm-hmm. uh, got rid of some expensive debt. They were able to reset their uh, their cost of capital, and so I think for a lot of companies, uh, they're in pretty good shape. There are probably a few where their strategy isn't quite as clear for what is a, a pretty new environment for the oil space, where a lot of it is focused on shale plays rather than uh, rather than deep water drilling, deep water drilling, or things like that. Um, yeah, uh, as we look at that, I mean, some things start to make more sense uh, at this this oil price. Uh, do you expect other players to come in? Do we look? Do we know much about the impact of offshore at this point, which has been expensive and maybe not a big emphasis, but that could change. Yeah, I, I think we'd have to get uh, well past this current trading range. I think we need to to get to a point where OPEC's producing what they want, and we need and we're starting to price in those extra marginal barrels. I don't. I haven't seen evidence that that costs have dropped enough yet for for more complex drilling structures. I think there's still more room to run in uh, in these shale plays, um, whether it's other regions of the U.S. or even outside the U.S. All right, we're going to run. Hey, Rob, thanks so much. Nice to uh, check in with you. Rob Hayworth, he's Senior Investment Strategist at U.S. Bank. They've got uh, $142 billion in assets under management. Rob, joining us to talk about the energy sector uh, on the phone in Seattle. Uh, if I take a look at uh, WTI crude futures, right now up 1.2%, up $0.58, cents, trading at forty nine eighty eight a barrel. That's after about a 2.2% gain in yesterday's session. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets, Carol Masser, Corey Johnson, and we are Bloomberg.